going through this pandemic as a collective, you may hear that we are going through what's categorized as collective trauma. So being that the entire community that you live in, you know, and even across the world, right, it's worldwide pandemic means everywhere. We are going through it together and we are collectively experiencing a categorized traumatic event. I just used air quotes for those who can't see <laughs> so we are experiencing stress. All trauma is, is a stressor that affects your body and your fight or flight response, your fear response, so much so that you go into a fight, flight, or freeze response. That's what trauma is. So you may hear trauma categorized as too much, too fast, too soon. Hello and welcome back to the Self-Love Breakfast Club. I'm Crystal Rose and I'm so happy you guys are here today. We have an amazing episode. Oh my goodness, Stephanie is incredible, you guys. Now we are going to be talking about trauma today. So I just wanted to put out a little trigger warning. We don't get too in-depth or graphic with it. We do talk about the subject of trauma. So if for some reason that makes you feel uncomfortable, definitely skip this episode. There are many, many episodes on this podcast that you can enjoy besides this one. And we'll have many more coming. So if that's something that makes you feel uncomfortable, just please know, like, just skip it. Just skip it, girl. So Steph is really special to me, you guys. I am so excited to share her with you. She was my mentor when I went through uh, my certification to do life coaching, my self-love life coaching. Um, She is just such an incredible human. She's so gentle, so kind, so compassionate. And I just loved the fact that she was brought into my life. So having her on this podcast is long overdue, it feels like. And I'm so, so grateful for this conversation. It was such a good one. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you a little bit about Seth and then we'll get started. So Steph is a trauma-informed somatic practitioner and life coach, passionate about helping women learn how to cope with their own adverse experiences to find freedom and discover their purpose. She has personally experienced several healing modalities to cope with and heal from her own trauma, anxiety, and disordered eating, and now dedicates her time serving others' healing journeys and living her best life with her daughter in the mountains of Colorado. To see more of Steph's story and learn more about what she does, visit her website at stephgermancoaching.com and follow her IG steph.shines.on. And without any more hesitation, I'm so excited for you guys to meet Stephanie. Let's get started. Hey, Steph. Welcome to the Self-Love Breakfast Club. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. This, I think this is going to be such a deep, juicy episode, and I'm really excited for people to hear it. So let's Dive in. <laughs> Dive in. Dive in. Dive in. So first things first, we like to do what's called goals, gratitude, and badassery. So right now, what is your current goal? My goal is to spread the knowledge that I have to as many people as I possibly can. Basically share the wealth of knowledge and just share my love. That is that is my goal right now. It's just sharing knowledge. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And gratitude, what are you most grateful for? 
I am most grateful for the beautiful environment that I live in. I live in the mountains of Colorado. I'm grateful for so much. Uh, I'm grateful for my daughter. Oh my gosh, she makes me smile every day. It reminds me how precious it is to uh, be a kid and let our childlike selves shine through. Those are like the top two. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. (laughs) And then badassery. So something you've done recently that's pretty badass or that you are just really proud of yourself for? I am just proud of myself for getting to where I am now, owning my own business, um, serving a specific clientele whom I love, you know, creating the life that I've always dreamed of living in the mountains. I'm just, I'm really proud of the things that I've done to get to where I am today. Yay. Okay. So let's like, let's not even pull any punches here. Let's just dig right in. Cause we were talking a little bit before this and I'm just, I'm really excited to to talk about this subject and just like kind of, you know, I think it's going to hit with a lot of people. So we're talking about trauma today. We will have any and all appropriate trigger warnings um, in the show notes, as well as in the earlier part of this episode and just make sure that if you are, you know, at potential to be triggered, we're not going to, I don't think get too graphic here in our own experiences, but I just wanted to put that out there just to make sure that, you know, you can feel safe listening to this podcast and this episode. And if this is something that you don't feel as though you can handle listening to, then go ahead and skip it. I will still love you. And I will see you on the next one. Yes. And just to piggyback on that a little bit, I I am all about safety. Hashtag safety first is something that I use a lot. So yeah, to your listeners, to this audience today, always put yourself first. If you even feel an inkling of discomfort, turn us off, take a break, or just don't listen. You come first always. Yes, 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 yes. So let's talk about it. We, We were talking about trauma being kind of a buzzword now. Yes. We see trauma, the word, used in a lot of things to describe discomfort these days or just stress, just like normal chronic stress that, you know, we as humans are currently experiencing because we've been in a pandemic, the pandemic, sorry mm. for the right there. Panoramic, we've been in a <laughs> pandemonium. Pandemic, yeah. <laughs> pandemic is everywhere. But I mean, going through this pandemic as a collective, you may hear that we are going through what's categorized as collective trauma. So being that the entire community that you live in, you know, and even across the world, right, it's worldwide pandemic means everywhere. We are going through it together and we are collectively experiencing a categorized traumatic event. I just used air quotes for those who can't see (laughs) So we are experiencing stress. All trauma is, is a stressor that affects your body and your fight or flight response, your fear response, so much so that you go into a fight, flight, or freeze response. That's what trauma is. So you may hear trauma categorized as too much, too fast, too soon. So, and that's different for everybody. I want everybody to know that trauma is not linear. 
we all experience stress. We all experience chronic stress to some degree, and then that creates anxiety. And then if you experience something that's adverse to your day-to-day life being that you you are attacked or in some way or you experience a terrible accident or you lose a loved one in a dramatic way and it affects you in such a way that your fear response signals this somatic you know experience to your body to fight flight or freeze you can categorize that as trauma and there's a big T and a little T trauma. So, I mean, people try to kind of fit different experiences into kind of subcategories, if you will. But overall, trauma is just a label. So if we release the label and we just call it an experience, we're all humans. We're all having a human experience. And some experiences make us feel terrible and other experiences make us feel good, right? So we're just looking at human experience. Now, an adverse experience is anything outside your normal human experience bubble. So like Crystal, you have your own human bubble. Mm. I have my own human bubble and our bubbles are different. And yes, some things overlap, kind of like a Venn diagram. You know, you've got those two circles and they intersect a little bit. As humans, you're going to find common ground with everybody, but anything outside of those bubbles could be considered adverse to your experience. Mm -hmm. And those experiences that we may face, whether it be in childhood or adulthood or anywhere in between, create an experience in the body, in the mind, spiritually, it affects us in such a way. So when we cast on our memories we can see the times that we felt joyous or overjoyed or super excited. It goes the other way as well. We remember the times that we did feel absolutely terrible or it is categorized as trauma. Maybe we experienced a traumatic event of some kind, a car crash or rape or abuse of some kind, and it leaves a mark. And that mark lives with us forever, good or bad. So when we talk about trauma, (laughs) we're talking about that mark. We're talking about your unique experience with it. We're talking about your unique pain because it is painful. And digging through that pain is painful. The pain is painful and it's painful to dig up the pain. Like there's layers, layers upon layers. And when we talk about trauma, again, it affects everybody differently. So you may or may not have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder or chronic anxiety or panic disorder or depression, right? There's a very wide range that our our psychological friends, you know, put as a label to categorize you based on the experiences that you've had. So, and then part of this too, I want to talk about ACEs score. So ACE is adverse childhood experience. So, and there's a a whole, you know, there's so many books on, on, on ACEs, but Mm. those of us who have experienced childhood trauma will have what's called an ACEs score. So, and that ACEs score ultimately affects you all through your life. Again, when we talk about trauma, it leaves a mark and it lives with you for the rest of your life. Whenever that trauma may or may not have happened, it leaves a mark. So if you experience trauma as a child, it's going to have all of these different effects on you. And again, they're unique. No one person will experience anything the same. And it's a biological thing. And yes, they have you know, put symptoms into a label, which Mm -hmm. is great. (laughs) 
talking about that Venn diagram, we overlap with each other. Those of us who have experienced trauma will overlap and have some similar symptoms or experiences or anything of that mat of those matters uh, in common with another. So yeah, I think uh, that's. I just. I feel like I just word vomited a whole bunch of stuff. It did, but it was great. <laughs> I think that I think it gives a lot of perspective. You know, there are people who don't have or haven't experienced trauma. You know, for example, like my husband, right? So he just like, I mean, I'm so glad he hasn't because as someone who has experienced a massive amount of, you know, childhood trauma, especially, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And so for him, like, yeah, I think something like this, you know, a real deep in-depth explanation and, and just understanding that it is a fluid word, you know, and I think it's really great and informational. And even for someone who has experienced it to just hear it in this kind of like way, I think is really helpful. So you vomit yeah, away. I, okay. All right. <laughs> I will continue to word vomit, you know, and that being said, those of us who have experienced, you know, a lot of childhood trauma, you know, you and I, again, our Venn diagrams intersect. Um, mm. I experienced childhood trauma. You have as well. Again, our experiences and our symptoms later on in life are going to be different because we are unique. Yeah. And that uniqueness is important to nurture, to validate. So to you, to your listeners, know that your experience is unique and it needs paid attention to. It deserves paid attention to. The type of care and nurturing required for those who have suffered you know, those adverse experiences to any degree truly deserves paid attention to, deserves special care, deserves special nurturing, tendered to them. You know, so those of us who are in, you know, the, the trauma care field, you know, I myself am a trauma coach of sorts. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist, you know, those kinds of things, but I practice somatic work with my clients specifically who have suffered some kind of adverse experience, whether they've been diagnosed with, you know, PTSD or whatever, that's not necessarily my goal. The goal is to help them feel better because the experiences that they had left that painful mark. Yeah. So again, putting yourself first listeners, (laughs) put yourself first, you know, know that you are unique, you're special, you're beautiful, your experiences, albeit have you gone through these terrible things are not your fault. Absolutely not your fault. And you do get to heal from those experiences at your own pace. You get to go at it at your own, in your own way, however you like, whether it be with a doctor, with a coach, whatever, or, or not even, you know, there, there are things that we do that keep us safe, regardless of whether we have guidance around us or not. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of my two cents there too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more about that. Like it becoming like a buzzword. Cause I, I think you got into like more of explaining like in depth, like what trauma actually is. So how do you feel like it's being misused? I feel like trauma, the word trauma is being used when the word stress should be used instead. Yeah. So stress for, for again, beautiful listeners, stress is again, a biological reaction to that, which our brain tells us could be a threat. That's it. 
So again, a little flag pops up in the fear center of our brain or amygdala where all of that juicy emotion is stored. Mm. It pops up a little red flag and it says, Ooh, this doesn't feel so great. I'm not so sure about this. And then we feel stress. So, and then you'll hear, you've heard me say chronic stress. So chronic stress is kind of that same stressor occurring over and over and over again. So let's say you have to wake up every morning at 6am to go to work and sit in traffic and da, 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 the things, right? That's Mm. chronic stress. You're experiencing the same stressor over and over and over again, or you're experiencing different levels of stress over and over and over again. So you may hear somebody talk about how like, oh gosh, when it rains, it pours. You know, it's <laughs> that's chronic stress. There's multiple things that are creating a, a, a threat signal in our brain that continues to happen, even if it's different situations or whatever, they're just difficult to face and we experience that stress. Basically now, what I've done to myself in business for the last... 10 years <laughs> or more. Absolutely. If you're a business owner, like you experience chronic stress, like yeah. no doubt, a hundred percent. That's no question. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Eating stress for breakfast. <laughs> like, Oh, what did you have for breakfast today? I had some coffee with stress. Thank yeah, you so much. Like, good, old, good old helping of stress. <laughs> right. That kind of brings me to it's like when you're doing things that don't necessarily bring you joy or excitement um, or or that feel good feeling in your body, you can expect to be stressed. So your body is you and your body, like your being, your vessel, your mind, body, spirit is doing something that doesn't necessarily feel good or true to you. You're not living authentically, so to speak. Yeah, you're not doing feels good for you. So therefore it's going to stress you out because it's not something that you really even want to be doing. So that's, that's another way to kind of interpret stress. If you're doing something that you don't want to do, it's going to stress you out because your brain is already telling you, you don't want to do this, but you did it anyway. And that creates stress. (laughs) Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So so stress is normal. A level, a certain level of stress is absolutely normal in our day-to-day life. Like oftentimes we need stress to motivate ourselves. Like, oh, if I don't get this, like, uh, like laundry, right? Mm. We all do laundry. We've all got dirties in the basket right now. We guarantee it. And eventually if we don't do the dirty laundry, we're not going to have any clean underwear. Like there's, and yes, we don't want to do the laundry. It's not something I necessarily like doing, but if I don't do the laundry, I'm not going to have any clean underwear. So I do the laundry. You know, even though it stresses me out, I like having clean laundry better. So I'm going to Right. Again, a certain level of stress is necessary for life and it's normal to feel stressed. Yeah. What's abnormal or again, adverse, so to speak, we talked about adverse experiences. What's adverse is when that stress is so chronic that it builds up. Now, with my clients, I use the pop bottle metaphor. And I think I've actually used this metaphor with you too, Crystal. Mm, yes. Is stress is like a closed pop bottle or a soda bottle, depending on what part of the country you're in, pop soda. <laughs> but when you shake that pop bottle, pressure builds. So if we think about our vessel, our body, like a bottle of soda, every time we experience stress, we get shooken a little bit. And that pressure begins to build. And when we experience chronic stress, we shake and shake and shake and shake and shake. 
in order to release the stress, we have to open the pot bottle. Now, what that looks like in this beautiful metaphor is self-care, self-love. How are we relieving stress? How are we releasing that pressure? So there's certain ways to, you know, kind of regulate, you know, and I don't want to get into, you know, a whole lot of nervous system science, (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately we need to regulate our bodies. We need to regulate our nervous system. That stress response in our bodies is, is it lives in our nervous system. So in order to regulate our nervous system, we need to do things like move our body. We need to sing at the top of our lungs or talk to a friend about the experience that we're having, hugging somebody or like touching, love, loving touch for, with yourself or hugging a loved one for 20 seconds or more will, will help you regulate. <laughs> um, 20 seconds then, or more. <laughs> more. That's actually scientifically proven. Did you know that if you hug somebody else who is in a regulated state for 20 seconds or more, you also then become regulated yourself. So now I can like when I when I kamikaze attack my husband, my hus- he's not a hugger. I am. And so I will kind of not force myself on him as a hug, but I will like, you know, go up to him and just like, I need a hug. (laughs) And he's kind of like, okay, I guess I'll hug you. And I, now I'm just going to be like, wait, 19 seconds more. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 19 seconds more, you know, really that man, you know, like please and tell him to squeeze you back. It's, it's you know, that's called co-regulation when we, when we regulate with somebody else through touch or if we're talking to a friend or something like that, that's, that's called co-regulation. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm assuming this, uh, this shaken up pot bottle of stress can turn into like, maybe even like a nervous breakdown, like just losing your shit. Yeah. That's what we're getting to. So if you choose, so again, if uh, lots of us who, I mean, I'm a mom too, you know that Crystal. So a lot of times I feel like I don't have time to do the things that normally relieve stress. So one of those things that happens is the pop bottle explodes. Oh, you've overstressed it. It's going to pop its top. Whether you like it or not, we all have a limit of the amount of stress that we can take on. So, you know, we're, we're a vessel, right? So every time we take on stress, it's going to fill us up with this stressful energy and that pop bottle is going to explode. Now there's a few different ways that happens or how it looks rather, not how it happens. We're stressed and it popped. That's how it happens. But you could have a nervous breakdown. You would have what people categorize as a panic attack or an anxiety attack. You're going to develop some kind of physical ailment. You're going to get sick. Um, you're going to you know, experience like tight muscles. Those, those kinds of things can happen. And that's, uh, those are like the big three things. So you're going to have a panic attack or you're going to you know, break down or you're going to start feeling it in your body. So what happens is essentially your nervous system can't take anymore. So it's going to force regulate itself. That's what a nervous breakdown or a panic attack is. Your nervous system is saying, okay, we're done. Okay, this is enough. Okay, I'm going to start breathing now and I'm going to force myself to regulate. So if we don't complete that stress cycle, i.e. do a fight or flight response, you know, we're not going to move it out or we're not going to run or we're not going to scream or whatever. If we don't move that nervous energy from our body, our body will force itself to. Or it'll pass it on as some other ailment, right? We'll get sick. We've literally deteriorated our body so much so from being overstressed for too long that we'll get sick. 
our body has been working over overdrive to accommodate the amount of stress we've been under. And ultimately now, now we're sick because now our immune system is compromised as well because it's been responding to all of the stress. So again, our body will do as much as it can to accommodate the stress, but those four ways to regulate. So I don't think we touched on breath, but breathing is another way to, to regulate intentional breathing. So it doesn't have to be breath work, but just intentional breathing for three to five minutes will also help to regulate the system. But movement is one of the easiest ways to regulate. So 30 plus minutes of movement a day, if you experience chronic stress, will help you regulate and stay regulated. Not everybody likes to move. I totally get that. You know, not everybody loves exercise. (laughs) (laughs) So dance parties are great. Doing like jumping jacks, you know, things like that just help complete the stress cycle. But it's so important to complete the stress cycle. Now, the next phase of stress, again, we're in, in our society today, trauma is kind of being used interchangeably of where like anything that makes you uncomfortable can be categorized as trauma. And that's not the case. Like yeah. you can be uncomfortable, like feeling uncomfortable, feeling stressed again is a normal thing. Yeah. There's um, definitely a difference. <laughs> there is a huge, huge difference. Now it can work up to, so chronic stress, again, the next level to chronic stress. So let's say you've been dealing with chronic stress for decades, right? And now you have what our lovely, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists and, you know, all of our mental health professionals in the world call anxiety. That's another buzzword, right? Mm -hmm. So anxiety is huge in our fields. And Crystal, you know this, we talk about anxiety a lot. Anxiety is uh, chronic stress on steroids, basically. So once you've experienced chronic stress over and over and over and over again, and you're not able to fully regulate your body anymore, you're going to be diagnosed with what we call anxiety. And you may or may not have been diagnosed. That's not the issue, right? Again, anxiety is just a label from a book. That's, you know, not what we're here for. We're here to talk about the experience that you have as an individual with what is labeled as anxiety, right? So anxiety, the pop bottle's already shooken. And we don't know if we're going to be able to loosen the pressure ourselves or if it's it's just spraying everywhere, (laughs) spraying everywhere, right? The pop bottle has been shaken so much so that every once in a while we feel some relief, but it's still like active in there, right? Mm. Anxiety is our nervous system constantly being activated in a fight or flight response. And then we live in, you know, what's in the polyvagal theory, there's this the sympathetic activated space. So in the, in the polyvagal theory, there's like different levels of, you know, our fear response being activated. And those of us who live in a chronically stressed or anxious state live in what's categorized as the sympathetic state in the polyvagal theory. Mm. And in the sympathetic state, we are not in a safe and social, joyful, excited place. And we're not necessarily in a freeze space either. We're not like so depressed or so overwhelmed that we're just going to like sit on the couch for a week and not accomplish anything. We live in like this pathetic space where we're constantly vigilant, where we're always assessing, we're always looking for what could happen or we're constantly stressed, right? So that sympathetic state is where our nervous system lives and living in this state of being activated all the time is tiresome and it's painful. And 
this is a lot of times what people talk about when we talk about being traumatized is that we're living in this state of discomfort so much so that it feels traumatic. And that's the differentiation. Yeah. Well, was this too much, too fast, too soon for you? Like, was it a specific acute event that created the trauma, i.e. abuse or car crash or going to battle, you know, in the military? Like, those are very acute instances that people experience, you know, and like for me and you, Crystal, it was acute instances like that occurring over and over and over again. And that's what we call chronic trauma. Yeah. So it's a traumatic incident happening over and over and over again. Now, again, we're kind of categorizing there's stress, there's chronic stress, there's anxiety, and then there's trauma, right? And that trauma can happen at a single incident or it can be multiple incidents over time. And if you've experienced anxiety for a great amount of time, you know, and anxiety is a lack of what we've needed, essentially. So we can't get what we need in order to regulate ourselves. So our basic needs are, you know, certainty, you know, love and affection, you know, things like that. If we've been without those things for an extended period of time and we can't get them, that can also be categorized as trauma. So again, over a long period of time, being exposed to that chronic stress and being anxious for you know a long period of time. So that's why in the pandemic, mm. this is collective trauma. We have all been living in a period of uncertainty, forced to stay at home at times when that's not what we need and over a long period of time. So yeah, collective yeah. trauma. Yeah, there's definitely a a major distinction there. And like, even like looking at my own, you know, my own life and like the first 18 years of my life was like shit show. So it's, (laughs) there's definitely those acute, you know, the acute repetitive, repetitive, you know, moments of trauma. And then also, you know, like the boarding school that I went to is definitely this like longer period of that stress, anxiety, like psychological (laughs) abuse, you know, that, that prolonged through that time. And that I can see how that, like that event, that long, you know, four years is like a traumatic time period. Yeah, exactly. And getting, not getting your needs met during that period. Right. And yeah, in order to nurture you, to put you in that safe and social state that would ultimately heal you from that stressful, anxious, extended period of time. So yeah. And then it carries over to your adulthood, right? So I mean, my childhood is similar and it just kind of, it carries over. And then what happens when we experience those things and then we are put into a safe and social state, it feels wonky. It feels weird because we're, it's not something that we're used to. So if you see me out. Like, oh, nothing's wrong. You mean the people I'm around truly love me and they're going to give me all of the nurturing and love (laughs) and care and certainty that I need? What is this? What is happening? And our body recognizes that as a threat because it's not not our quote-unquote normal. Again, trauma and anxiety and stress, all of these things being unique to the individual because not one of us has the same experience. Like even with this pandemic, our experiences are not identical. Right. We may have some overlap, right? We now have overlap. Our Venn diagrams are intersecting, right? We're in this pandemic together, but our experiences are still separate. 
Yeah. So what stresses us out is a little bit different. And now our body is so used to living in the sympathetic state, you know, being constantly activated. And then we're put into a safe space and we're like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Like, I feel like a freak. Feel like an alien this is not right <laughs> I want to I speak to that for a moment just because like I mean last year and like you were a big part of this whole process going through certification and having like a ridiculous amount of support like so much support that it just did not feel safe and mm-hmm. I remember just being so overwhelmed by it and and like freaked out and just being like so you're telling me that I have this group of people I can go to at any time I have a dedicated this person to go to and then I have a dedicated mentor to go to and like I have all of this support it does not feel safe it does not feel okay And then like kind of getting into it and surrendering it and getting comfortable finally with it. Like today, it's just like, oh yeah. (laughs) And it's, and it's amazing to have gone my, literally my entire life with never feeling that, that safety and that, that certainty and that comfort and that support of others, especially women. I mean, that's just not, I mean, societally we're conditioned to believe that we should all just hate each other's guts, you know, and like never safe with each other. (laughs) Anyone who's like, they're going to eventually screw you over, you know, I mean, that's like that feeling. Um, But to feel so rooted in support with women and, and safe there is like, incredible like to be here right now like incredible but yes freaked me out (laughs) yes it does you know and even even still it's just you know because again hearing your experience with women too I mean that was a big one for me it's like gosh we were like cats fighting with each other growing up and it's just like no hey we have all experienced this together like we should you know conjoin arms and support each other because being a woman is really fucking cool like you need to you know support each other like this is a good thing and you know speaking to your experience in the program you know like having me as a mentor and having like the group of girls that are here to support each other and they're all kind of going through the certification program together it's you know it is it's completely profound when all you've known is stress and not having your needs met and not knowing what true loving, nurturing, authentic support feels like from a group of like-minded people. And it is so profound. And that's kind of, you know, that's, I mean, that's what I do in my practice. And I'm sure you do that with your clients too, is like establishing that felt sense of safety is no easy feat. Like that's why when we talk about anxiety and stress and trauma and like all of these adverse experiences that we all have as humans, you know, it's important to know what feeling safe really feels like for you. And not everybody knows what safety feels like because not everybody's experienced it. Right. So it's like a whole new, whole new topic. It's a whole new thing that hasn't ever come into our bubble. I think for most people, um, especially those who have experienced, you know, especially childhood trauma, don't know what it's like to feel safe, just like in themselves and their body. And, and if they, I don't want to say lucky, but if they're able to get to the point where they can feel safe with another person, I mean, it's a beautiful, amazing feeling, but I don't, I know, I personally did not realize that, that safety in myself was a thing. I didn't even think it's like, what do you mean? Like, it was not a thing for me. Yeah. And yeah. then feeling safe with another was like, oh yes, this person makes me feel safe and protected. Da, da, da. But realizing that that's something that I could have myself was like, again, another earth shattering sort of thing. And so to be able to provide that safety 
to others because now I know about it and now I understand and I can create that safe container with my clients. And I mean, you're brilliant at that. My goodness. Like (laughs) you are the safest person I know, I think. (laughs) Oh, Oh, thank you. That is like, oh, oh my gosh. That just like hit me in the heart. So good. I received it. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. (laughs) You know, and I share that with you. It's like, it was never safe to be myself as a child. You know, there was chaos around me. You know, there was, it it was not safe to be where I was as a child and it didn't feel safe to be who I was as a child. So growing up to your point, it's like finding people who do feel safe or safer than what you had growing up is, is this beautiful tool that as, you know, abuse survivors, we can use to, again, co-regulate, right? That's Mm -hmm. co-regulation, finding somebody that is regulated, that gives us those things that we need, right? They're meeting our needs in a way that they've never been met. That feels so, so good. That foundation of safety is somebody is giving you exactly what you need. They're nurturing you. They're loving you. They're affirming you in a way that you never have been before. Yes. And it almost, it brings in, this like beautiful sensation, like somatically, again, it it brings in this beautiful sensation that's different for everybody of just like warmth and held and, you know, supported in a way that is just, again, unique to them. Yeah. But we don't know that exists until we find it. Right. And I I think that it also can become confused um, because, you know, having, having that and, and, most of, if we haven't had it before, we don't know what it feels like or looks like at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I got into a relationship with someone who pretended or like, you know, emulated uh, love and safety and support and all of that. And so I was drawn into a, a relationship with a narcissist essentially who you know, took those parts and pieces of me that were already damaged and, and, you know, like basically sticking a finger in someone's wound. Right. And like, I became dependent on the validation from him. So I think it's important for people to understand that there's a total difference from just this like safety and like the co-regulation that you're talking about, because that they don't need anything from you. They're not taking from you. There's no conditions on it. It is literally just, I am here and, and they're just this like steadfast support. Yeah. And I think that's important that you called out the conditions, right? Unconditional love is so special. And, you know, if you are an abuse survivor, if you've had an adverse experience of some kind, knowing when you're receiving unconditional love is also something that we need to learn, right? What unconditional love truly feels like. Because to your point, you know, if you're you're around somebody who has narcissistic personality traits Mm -hmm. or is an narcissist and you're an abuse survivor, you're already in a fragile state. You're already wounded. I love how you use that word. You're already wounded, right? Your nervous system is already on edge. You're already in that sympathetic, you know, like, oh my gosh, I need something. I'm not safe kind of state of mind. And then this narcissistic personality comes in and says like, oh, well, I'll give you this if you give me this. 
and your being in the state of sympathetic activation is like, oh, well, that's what I need. That's what I need to feel safe. So I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Oh my God. They love yeah. me. Yeah. Oh my God. They love me. This is what I need. Oh my gosh. This is what I need yeah. is what's happening in your brain. And of course it's giving you kind of like that balance, you know, momentarily, but then the minute they take it away, mm. because again, it's conditional love. If you're, you know, around somebody that has narcissistic personality, it's conditional love. If you're not behaving in the way that you need to, in order to get the thing that you need from them, that's conditional, yeah. right? And that, that is a very narcissistic thing that happens, you know, in relationship, whether it's with a significant other or a caregiver or, you know, anybody that we're in relationship with, oftentimes they become conditional, in which case, sure, it's fine. It's like, right, we all have bosses, right? We need to get things done you know, for somebody else in order to get a paycheck, right? That's conditional. It's not necessarily love, but it is something that we need. So we're getting our needs met still. It just may not be in a way that we want to, which is why so many of us become entrepreneurs because we don't want to work for man. So, <laughs> so again, we do what we have to, to get our needs met. And as, you know, as trauma survivors, as abuse survivors, or as somebody experiencing chronic stress or anxiety, we will do whatever we have to, to get our needs met. And when our needs go unmet, that when our pot bottle explodes or we are experiencing kind of mood swings in a, in a, an unnormal way for ourselves. It's one of those things where if needs don't get met, bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and trauma oftentimes is when we don't get needs met again, when things happen too fast, too soon or too much, then it's just, it's overwhelming for our systems. Our bodies quite literally cannot handle them. And our brain goes on overload and does what it has to, to protect our body, which again is a beautiful thing in our biology, but it has a mark. It leaves a mark. It leaves a lasting impression. And we all develop different behaviors or personality traits and or personality traits to cope with whatever it is that we're experiencing. Yeah. So good. I feel like we could talk about this for a hundred years. It's such a like, it's such an important topic to talk about one. And unfortunately it is. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's real. It's just, it's just really real. There's, there's so much of this going on. And I think there's so many people out there that don't know, they think something's wrong with them and they don't really know how to get those needs met. And I think that this, you know, this is a really great, just informative little nugget. So yeah, yeah. pain and discomfort is nothing wrong. You know, it's not bad. It's not wrong. We all experience pain and discomfort, you know, and we all have, you know, behaviors and traits that, you know, we may find unfavorable for ourselves, but ultimately, again, we're just trying to get needs met. We're just doing what we have to do to accommodate what we're experiencing. Well, I love you. Um, we like to end things. <laughs> I do though. We like to end things on a quote. So is there a quote that like you either live by or has been speaking to you lately that you can share with us? Oh gosh. You know, it's more of a mantra. I have a mantra on my board that I'm looking at right now. It's on this really old sticky note that's like water, water damage and everything, but I look at it every day. And it says, I have everything that I need. I am safe and supported on this journey. So it's not necessarily a quote, but I love, love that it. mantra. Yeah. yeah. I have everything. I love that. Yes. Where can my listeners find you? 
They can find me on my website, www.stephgermancoaching.com, or I'm most active on Instagram. And my handle is at steph.shines.on. Perfect. And all of that will be in the show notes so they can easily find you if they can't get it from listening. But thank you so much for coming on today. I mean, I think this is such a wealth of knowledge. I absolutely just am fascinated and I love listening to you talk. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to my word vomit. Very much appreciated. <laughs> if you want to talk more about science, reach out. I'm more than happy to talk. I love this stuff. You know this, Crystal. I could talk about this stuff for ages. So yeah. yeah. And thanks so much for having me on today. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Breakfast Club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time.